Hi friends, welcome to our brand new podcast, The Old Becky O Show. I wanted to start a podcast to make software testing and QA content more accessible, and the plan is to do so in a more interesting and an effective way. Today I'll be talking with my colleague, and until recently, my football teammate, Jenna Legg. Jenna joined 4217 as our training and test lead over a year ago after completely changing careers. Hey Jen, thanks so much for talking with me today. Of course, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Jen, I think it's a great idea to start with all the wonderful work you've been doing behind the scenes since joining our company. We'll come on to the training course a little later on, but can you share some insight into our workshops that we've been running? Yeah, for sure. So recently we've put together bespoke and sort of carefully crafted training materials sort of built for each client's needs so we can sort of work to their budget so if they don't have a budget to onboard an external team it's sort of a great introduction for non-testing resource to understand how useful and how organized testing can sort of return big results in that way and then we sort of construct them with all the requirements that they need in mind so yeah really built to size of each client's needs great With our approach to training, what can you share about the other services we offer? Yeah, it's been interesting. So we've really broadened our horizons in this this aspect. And we now have train-the-trainer one-to-ones where we'll work with a dedicated resource within the business to upskill their testing knowledge. So that can be a part of the workshops or, yeah, as I said, one-to-one training. We also have partner workshops where we work with our partners to help them hone their their testing strategies for smaller projects that they support. We can create training materials in the form of video or textbook output, depending on the system that needs supporting. So really, we offer a variety of of different solutions, and that goes all the way across from the Microsoft Dynamics stacks, including all Dynamics 365 solutions and Business Central. Great. So just to share with our audience, one thing we're focusing on as a growing business is the strategic partners we are moving forward with. I understand we very recently partnered with a great company. Can you share with us a little more on that, please? Yeah, so this is a really exciting partnership, especially from a training perspective. So yeah, I'm really pleased to announce that we've partnered with ClickLearn. Yeah, they're a brilliant company and we'll be utilising their software to help us deliver even more quality in terms of our, our training courses and what we can offer our customers in that way. Awesome. So I'm going to pause training of one kind and pick it up on another. So for people that don't know you, you're also a professional footballer. Why the change of profession, so to speak? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I've always thought it's important to have many strings to your bow. And I think this is just something that I've sort of added to mine. I'm still playing football alongside and I I really need that that balance in my life. It's always something I've done, sort of worked and, and studied alongside. Uh, careers whether that be football or something else but for me this this move just really makes makes sense right now I think when you approached me and offered me with the opportunity yeah you just showed a real belief in in my potential and reassured me that my skills were transferable and sort of gave me the boost that I needed to take the steps into that transition so I just felt like it was an, an opportunity that I couldn't couldn't let pass me by I'm, I'm really glad that you feel that way as you say yeah I think with football come so many different and transferable skills. You know, it's no secret that Fortitude 17 has recently onboarded a number of current or former professional athletes, all with exceptional accolades within sport. Not just England Cats, but FA Cup winners, medals, league titles, all this good stuff. For us as, as, a, as a group, I think it's really important that we actually 
whilst we kind of focus on our technical improvements and all the good stuff that we focus on, so Cerulean's Dayforce solution, as well as the Microsoft stack, which you've already mentioned. But actually, the soft skills account for quite a bit of who we are as a group, you know, all the good stuff that that you kind of briefly touched on, there's dedication, there's commitment when you're running dual professions, if you like. So yeah, for me, it's a no-brainer to, to build a company out with with those sort of characters. That's really how I kind of first got into tech. Yeah, for sure. I think I think the team that you've built and, and the culture you've created is, is a really special one. So yeah, it's certainly exciting to work alongside like-minded people and like you said, bring about the skills that we've learned in our in our initial passion in football along into the tech world. But yeah, as you mentioned, that is sort of how you got into tech in the first place. A little bit like me, you know, a football-loving child. I've spoken a little bit about my transition, but how did yours come about? <laughs> Similar to your story, a very good friend of mine did incredibly well after becoming a test analyst at Volkswagen way back when went on to become head of testing and program test director for a number of hugely reputable companies. And, and you know, <laughs> over a decade ago, it was just super appealing to me. I was at the Open University at the time and tried to shadow someone in that particular role as, as part of a, a year review and annual review. But unfortunately, that opportunity didn't materialise. So in order to pursue my intended career path, I figured I'd likely have to leave the OU, you know, as, as great as a company it was and, you know, with free study and all that good stuff. I figured that if I wanted to pursue testing and with the intention that I did, I would need to seek it outside of the business. As luck would have it, I'm not sure if it's serendipitous or not, but later the week that I decided to leave, the OU launched a test academy. After a bunch of aptitude tests, I was happy to say I became a trainee tester. From there on, I spent a little time with the OU before leaving to, to contract as a contractor. I chose the limited company path, fulfilled that for a number of years, for, for pretty much a decade, and then built out my company following COVID. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've really sort of broken the back in, in building your company out in that way. Obviously, as a female footballer, I mean, I can sort of attest for what it's like to be in a, a male-dominated world, and I think there are certainly parallels from football into the tech world. So did you find that? Did you find similar sort of walls that you had to break down? Yeah, such a great question. I'd really love to see more equal opportunities appear for women in tech. I think growing up in a sporting, arguably male-dominated environment in, in football, you learn very quickly on that in order to, to get by, you need to excel. You not only need to play well and be well and be athletic and all these good stuff, but you actually need to be the best at what you do in every facet of your life. And for me... I think growing up in in football put me in good stead to go on and and kind of replicate a similar surgence in tech. Kind of moving back to women in tech, if you look at how many female CEOs there are at the moment in tech, um, the numbers aren't pretty, but they are growing. There's practically a parallel to women's football in that respect, you know, in terms of coaching, in in terms of demand around the game and, and opportunity on TV, all that good stuff. You and I both now have a foot in two male-dominated arenas with football and tech, but there are challenges, of course. Personally speaking, I've always felt that I've worked harder than most of my male counterparts most of the time, you know, just to generate noise and, and, and kind of be seen as a serious contender. Whilst I don't think it's fair in terms of equality, like I do enjoy that challenge. On the flip side of that, I've been incredibly fortunate to work with some fantastic people, some males, 
that have supported me and mentored me in this space and have only ever promoted females in an equal and, and fair way. I think in another decade's time, females will be afforded better opportunities to progress or develop companies, you know, of their own standing. And hopefully salaries will will follow and match that development. For me growing up, I always knew I wanted to own and run my own company and build an empire of sorts. There's something I just love about the thought of smashing ceilings, you know. I guess since you joined the company, you've become a certified ISTQB professional. Congrats on that accolade. But what other stuff have you done to hit the ground running in terms of QA and the Microsoft stack we work with? Yeah, thank you. I think qualifications are a mouthful in itself. So, yeah, I think, you know, as a team, myself especially, we've been we've been spoiled when it comes to our learning and sort of, you know, what we've been provided uh, in that sense to, you know, help speed us along and help get us to grips with the system. So, yeah, for that, I mean, I, I felt really fortunate. I mean, we've had access to a, a Dynamics 365 FNO training environment. And for me, you know, you, you can talk about it as much as you like, but all those words and, and stuff, I think to see them in action and to sort of be thrown in and amongst it and get sort of hands-on with an environment is where, you know, you can really see that work in action and that really aided my learning. We've also been able to work with project management tools such as DevOps and be able to organise and process workloads. And we've been working with automation tools like RSAT. And yeah, again, I suppose more exciting news, a tool that we'll be announcing as part of our, our latest partnership launch next week. So yeah, I mean, we've covered loads of systems and for that, I'm, I'm really grateful. Oh, pleasure. Um, I think it's, it's important to add that, you know, for me, I do think and I do take pride in our company, not only knowing the solutions we work with. And, you know, I suppose from a testing perspective, we don't dictate from above, but we're actually in the trenches working with systems and and can consult with our partners and with our customers in a, in a logical and sensical way. That's important to us. In terms of training, so I am going to return to this. We're on to the fun part now. Mm-hmm. And the real reason um, you're on this podcast. Okay. Can you tell us about the work you've been doing extensively behind the scenes on our opening Training 17 course? What have you been doing? Yeah, so, I mean, what's become my baby in the past, past few months? In many senses, I've been building a training course designed to boost the confidence and, and capabilities of individuals across various aspects of working online. So yeah, it includes hardware and software, and it just sort of aims to take the fear out of IT. I think what can be a daunting world, you know, to have a course that can make those things a little bit more easy and approachable, something you can do in your own time, you know, just to really upskill. And um, yeah, it's just designed for those who need a helping hand to get to grips with different systems. You know, I think we all saw the world transition to a place with a lot more working from home. And I know there were hiccups for a lot of people in terms of, you know, getting to grips with video conferencing. We had Zoom calls, we had Teams calls, we had all these different channels. Yeah, so to have a course that can facilitate that move, you know, yeah, that's that's really what I've been working on. I mean, built guides, there's step-to-step processes, there's video tutorials, there's sort of all this stuff that you can really put into action and just to help aid your own your own learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all have friends, family members. I mean, you know, we've even struggled ourselves in terms of getting to grips with new systems and sort of the expectation of just being able to use it instantly. So yeah, I think it's a course that we can all benefit from in that way. Awesome. Yeah, congrats. The work you've gone that's gone into this course and that, that you've personally overseen has been incredible. It's a sheer vast amount of work and I think people will be able to see that in the quality of the course. Well, I really hope so. I mean, as much as I've been looking after it, it was your initial idea. And I think if I'm right, you came up with that in in and around lockdown or just before, was it? 
Yeah, it's, it's a real good story I, I want to like to tell. For me and probably many others in the tech world, I had a good number of family and friends reach out for pointers when it came to computing during lockdown. I guess they weren't used to having to be as independent. And in terms of working from home, they didn't quite have the same level of IT support that they might have had on site. I know a lot of companies hadn't quite established their working from home processes or support processes, let's say. For me, I had a lot of people calling favours, you know, never a problem, but it was really eye-opening as to the different breadth of questions that were required in terms of, as you say, video conferencing. It was around Microsoft 365. How do I print? It was all these kind of good nuances that actually I, I probably take for granted and you too. So that given the way the world was disconnected in so many ways, I really wanted to create a course that taught non-technical folk how to stay in touch with family, as you say, via team, Zoom, uh, whatever it might have been, and could also learn competencies and skills around 365, Microsoft 365, security, troubleshooting, all that good stuff, all at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, to me, it makes perfect sense. And I think, yeah, when, you know, you put the ideas in me, I couldn't wait to sort of, yeah, put my mark on it and get to grips with it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to releasing what we've put together. Thanks so much. Jen, thank you again for your time and input today. It's always a pleasure to chat about work with people in our company. And thank you for all the super work you've done to develop our training course to such an excellent standard. I I genuinely can't thank you enough. I'm so excited to release this to, to people in the very near future. As a final question, with a nod to the famous book, if I could tell you just one thing, we'll be asking each of our guest speakers for one final piece of advice. Jen, what's your parting gift for our audience? Yeah, I really love this feature. For me, you know, I would just say that if you are thinking of embarking on a tech journey or, you know, if you're if you're thinking of getting amongst that world, I would just say uh, try not to fear the sort of all the jargon and the technical lingo that comes with it. I mean, you know, it's easy to be daunted by what can come across as a sort of very complicated, very complex word. You've got all these different sort of things being thrown at you. But um, yeah, if you can just sort of, learn to compute them, for want of a better word, into um, a way that, that makes sense for you, you know, then then that world does quickly become a lot less daunting. You know, for me, I was lucky to have a mentor like yourself um, who could help me with that translation process. And I think if that's something that you can get hold of or, you know, having someone to lean on that can make those terms and all these sort of processes a little bit more human, then, uh, yeah, you're onto a winner. What a great bit of advice. I think it's actually quite paramount to who we are as a company. If people can kind of consider our role within the software development lifecycle, our job is to relay technical information to people that are that maybe don't have a vested interest in IT. And, you know, in terms of user acceptance testing, we're working with users that may be fluent in HR, but not so much in, in terms of IT or, or computing. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that bit of feedback. It's so important to be able to take a a concept and take all the kind of sting and all the jargon out of it and actually relay it in a way that makes sense and and gets people to buy in so yeah thanks so much for that uh, that tip there yeah for sure for those listening thank you for having us if you enjoyed this episode be sure to follow us on your respective listening platform spotify apple music or whatever it might be have a good one and remember to always make testing your priority if you're looking to succeed